Everybody, welcome to another episode of Living Jewishly with the Rabbis Rubenstein. My name is Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein. I am Rabbi Rachel Rubenstein. Hello, everyone. It is nice to be back. I, I'm going to say it. It's winter now. I've I've been hearing like enough on like you can't say it's winter until the winter solstice, right? Yeah, I don't believe that. There is what is six inches of snow on the ground, and it's 20 degrees. It's winter. Yeah, it was like single digits last night. Okay, you know that's in, in Minnesota. Winter starts early. Uh, and I, it's, it's, like, I feel like it's insulting to me if I'm like freezing cold and it's ice outside and you're telling me winter hasn't even started. Like that's insulting my experience, you know? <laughs> I did see a tweet that said, uh, we have to stop referring to things as like summer or, uh, winter because that's, that's, uh, giving priority to our experience in the Northern hemisphere. And it's not those seasons in other hemispheres. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> That's a good... I don't know if it was satire or not. <laughs> oh man. All right, deep thought. Starting with deep thought here. So, we had we went we went to Chicago for Thanksgiving to visit Rachel's family. How was that? It was wonderful. It was a germ soup of We had like four diseases there. Six kids. There were some biblical plagues that rained down on our house. There was stomach viruses and ear infections and lice and colds and it was not great. In terms of health code, but it was very good in terms of family love and bonding and fun and joy and being together. Basically, if you walked out of there without having some kind of sickness afterwards, you obviously have some sort of divine protection. So I think it might have been you. I think you were the one who walked out without anything. That's true. Well, okay. There you go. Divine Divine protection protection right there. (laughs) I think I had a cold like walking in. I had somewhat of a cold. Oh, so you're patient zero. (laughs) Rachel just says I have a man cold. Like I was just pretending to have a cold. So that's true. You've had a quote unquote cold since before Rosh Hashanah. So we'll see I, about I have that. I cold whenever I feel like it. Exactly. So. When the diapers need changing, somehow your cold appears. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed my Thanksgiving too. I watched a lot of World Cup and I watched a lot of soccer. Uh, I watched some football. Uh, I had a good time with Rachel's family. It was fun to be together. Um, everything was, everything was good, but I'm happy to be back in Minnesota, best state in the world. Uh, and it's good to be back. So what is our question today? Our question today is, can Jews listen to Christmas music? And don't worry, next episode will be a Hanukkah episode. So don't think we forgot about Hanukkah. Okay. (laughs) The rabbis jumping ahead to Christmas here. Um, I will say my mom told me that uh, she needs a trigger warning on this episode because she loves Christmas music. And so if we're going to come in and say that she cannot listen to Christmas music, she wants a, a trigger warning before we start. Oh, your poor mom. <laughs> so without giving any spoilers about what the rest of the episode is, uh, mom, you do not need a trigger warning. You can keep listening to this episode. You're just giving away the answer like immediately right from the beginning. What's the point? Everyone just like click episodes done. It'll be new. Thank you, everybody. It'll be new. That was it. But I want my mom you to listen. You can listen to Christmas music. Done. <laughs> but I, th- I think the question is even beyond Christmas music, right? We 
are recording this here in the United States of America. I actually posted on Facebook yesterday, I was at a Twin Cities Jewish clergy retreat, um, and it was on a very important topic on end-of-life care and grief, which was a, a very valuable topic, and I'm Hashtag glad I what went. Rabbi Rachel does on her day off. <laughs> but it was great. It was filled with rabbis and cantors and chaplains, and it was a great moment. Um, but I had to laugh because here we are at this important moment, all of the Jewish clergy coming together. We're studying Talmud and Shulchan Aruch and all of these sources on this very important topic. And I looked down at the caribou coffee cup that they had provided with the coffee, um, and it said Falalala all over it, and it was a Christmas themed coffee cup. So, whoa, whoa, whoa! What was Christmas themed? about the coffee cup. Tell me. Let's let's see here. It said fa-la-la-la-la. What makes fa- Does fa-la-la have to necessarily be... They own the syllables fa-la-la? Yes. Yes? Yes. Where does it say that in the New Testament? Okay. <laughs> but the point being um, uh, that I posted it on Facebook and um, a new Israeli friend of ours uh, immediately commented and said, oh, what a shame. You know, this is... Look at, look at this. And I said, well, welcome to... Uh, uh, America in December, um, because that's really, I mean, that's what it is to be in America in the month of December is you, it's really hard to avoid Christmas. It's on your coffee cups. You drive down the street and there are all of the Christmas lights. You turn on the radio and there's the Christmas music. Um, the public schools are doing their winter holiday concerts, which in many public schools are Christmas concerts with maybe a dreidel, dreidel, dreidel thrown in for fun. Don't you love, though, when they put in like Hebrew songs and on like if for for the winter concert and then you have all these like non-Jewish people trying to like sing in Hebrew? That's always fun. Maybe Although I have to that. say there is unbelievable Jewish music in the world. And they often are choosing dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay. So they're not, they're not necessarily highlighting the best of all we could offer. Oh, this is our, this is our Torah right here. <laughs> Teaching the non-Jews about the real Jewish music. But all that to say is that Christmas is all around us. And uh, what do we do with that? What do we do? Christmas is, is all around us. Exactly. Love Actually is that on TV. They just did a 20 year reunion special about Love Actually. I'm just going to say, I, I want to bring us back to dreidel dreidel for a second because our, our daughter Hadass will be really angry at you for saying dreidel dreidel is not the best Chris Hanukkah song. It's true. Shout out to Wendy Baldinger, who uh, is a prolific Jewish children's musician here in Minnesota and is the music specialist at the Minnesota St. Paul JCC, where our daughter is in daycare. And Hadassah has been singing uh, the Hanukkah songs, dreidel, 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 and uh Hanukkah, Hanukkah on repeat for weeks leading up to her Hanukkah concert. Including so. when she wakes up at like 11 o'clock at night and shouts it at the top of her lungs, dreidel, dreidel. So that's... We did learn a new something. stanza to dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Uh, oh, save that, save it, save it, save it, right, save we'll it for save what? It. Save it for we'll next save it for the Hanukkah this episode. This is our Christmas episode first and then our Hanukkah episode. <laughs> All right. Focus, people. Focus. Back to our Christmas episode. Um, all this to say... There's a lot of Christmas in the air. There's a lot of Christmas in society. There's a lot of Christmas in the culture in America right now. Um, I will say what we are not addressing is the question of what interfaith families should do. So if you have a one parent who is Jewish and one parent is Christian or one parent who converted and so grandparents who are Christian or whatever your family makeup may be, those are all really important questions. And as especially if you are members of Temple of Aaron, as your rabbis, we are more than happy to explore 
those questions with you. Um, but that is not the topic of today's episode. Today's episode is not dealing with um, what to do if you have multiple faiths in your family or you have family members who celebrate Christmas. Our episode is really, all right, so let's say we are Jewish. We are celebrating Hanukkah. We are celebrating all of the wonderful Jewish things. We're celebrating Shabbat, um, but we live in America. And so there's a lot of Christmas around us. What do we do about that? Can we listen to Christmas music? Can we go see holiday lights at the zoo? Can we go to a a holiday train ride I just saw advertised. Can we do all of these holiday and Christmas activities uh, as Jews in America? Yeah, I really, it's a really important question. I, I think as as Jews living in America, it's important to understand that you know whether we whether we like it or not, we are a small minority in this country, right? So trying to live a life where we don't encounter Christmas or expect never to encounter Christmas is probably unfair. Um, being that we are in, in the extreme minority um, in this country. Um, so, and, and I mean, I would say that's a value we hold. We've talked about this before. It's a value we hold to be Americans. It's a value we hold to be full members of the society that we live in. Um, and so what do we do when that society is Christian? Right. We, we've chosen to be a full, proud member of our society that we know from the start is a majority Christian. Um, and so, so you know, it's something in some ways we have to accept. So the, the answer can't be, you know, put myself in a hole somewhere and pretend that Christmas doesn't exist, right? That's not that's not really going to work in this country. Right. I mean, it's, there are certainly Jews who attempt to do that, but right? But we've decided not to do that, right? right? As, as non-ultra-Orthodox Jews, right, as uh, people who want to be integrated in this country and and be part of this project of America, you know that's not an option for us. Uh, so okay, so I, I think we've we've kind of ironed out a lot of the issues here. We'll get get more and we'll try to answer some of these questions. The first question, the first thing we sort of need to talk about and sort of put on the table is what are the problematic parts of Christmas? Sure. So I mean, we'll say. I mean, problematic in kind of quotes because they're not on their face problematic in to the people who believe in them, but they right. are not not something that we want to hold on to, to as Jews. Christmas. Thank you. Exactly. Because if the first one we're going to say is that Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the Christian Messiah, Jesus. Not a problematic idea if you are a Christian but not a great idea to celebrate if you are Jewish, right? That's kind of at its very basic level. Uh, we don't we don't believe in the thing that Christmas is celebrating. It's not part of our narrative. It's not part of our religious beliefs. In fact, it's quite opposite of our beliefs. We believe as Jews that the Messiah has not yet come. We believe in one God. We don't believe in the Trinity. We don't believe in Jesus. So a holiday celebrating the birth of a god we don't believe in not not part of not part of uh, what we what we want to do right I, I think you know also just coming in on this uh, number one like i i cannot stand people like like all the time it seems that people think christ is jesus's last name <laughs> like no <laughs> like christ means messiah in latin it literally means to christen someone means to anoint someone so this comes out of the hebrew word mashiach which means also to anoint someone and the messiah is the anointed one Right. So that's really, really important. Um, I think also important in this as well as as Jews, like we really it's really important that we don't believe the Messiah has come because 
if we say the Messiah has come or the Messiah came, that means the world must be perfect, right? And and it must be just. And we we know according to our Jewish tradition that once the Messiah comes, you know, the world will be perfect. It will be a just world where where um, everyone's safe and it'll be this this great place. And and I don't think that's the world we're living in. And I think to say that is is an insult to all the injustice that's going on, at least from a Jewish perspective. Now, as a Christian, you might have a different theology of what Messiah means, and 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 you might have something to explain that. But as a Jew, right, that that's an important part of who we are. Right. To be clear, we have no interest whatsoever in trying to debate which theology is correct or which belief system is correct. We hold our belief system to be true as Jews, and we are happy that you hold your belief system to be true as Christians. They're all great and beautiful, and we're very happy that they both exist in the world. Um, but it's it's okay to say that that one's not ours. Yeah. It's strange there where it feels uncomfortable to say we disagree and to be that be that be okay with that. But that's that's fun. It's a, it's a strange society. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, just to take a, a little step back and to acknowledge this moment, this might be one of the first times in Jewish history that two rabbis could put out a podcast into the world, public domain, and be able to, to say these things about the majority religion in our in our country. I mean, that's just something to acknowledge that at every other time in Jewish history, I mean, if you look at the Talmud, it's written in all this coded language because they had to get by the censors because they couldn't say these things about the Romans. They couldn't say these things about the majority society that they were living in or they would have been killed. So just a, a acknowledgement of the moment that we're living in that we can even have this podcast. Joe, two weeks ago was our gratitude episode. No gratitude this episode. <laughs> Um, exactly. So, so 100% agree with what Rabbi Rachel says. Um, but with that being said, but... it, another thing to note about our relationship with Christmas and our relationship with Christianity is that throughout Jewish history, hopefully not at this moment, but throughout Jewish history, there has been a very tenuous relationship of Jewish minorities living in Christian majority countries. There have been anti-Semitic pogroms. There has been a lot of anti-Jewish rhetoric in the Christian and Catholic churches. Um, so, to, and, and I mean, there's it's certainly around the idea that Jews don't accept Jesus. I mean, that's a core um, point of contention throughout Jewish history that led to really horrific and and fatal and deadly results to the Jewish community. Um so while I you know I think historically Easter would have been the the greater time of tension because of the uh, untrue myth that that Jews killed Jesus and Easter being around the resurrection. Um I mean I think to to go ahead and say, you know, that everything is great and we should embrace Christmas and Christianity, you know, without any regard um isn't quite faithful to our history. I mean there's certainly we can say that we're living in a really incredible time that our ancestors could never have dreamed of in terms of our relationship to our Christian neighbors and our Christian majority country. Um but that's important to acknowledge. Really important. Other problematic parts, and and these that I, I think the most apparent one is well, not our Messiah, right? Uh, but uh, a, a little bit more kind of deeper here is is also the idea of a God man, a man who is sort of part God's, uh, part man, uh, is 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 really problematic uh, for Judaism. We we really uh, uh, as part of of who we are do not believe that that any person. Um, 
is is can be more divine than another person um, that that God can sort of inhabit a person in this way that's just not part of uh, sort of what we do um, that that idea really came forth from really really a syncretism with with Greek mythology right we, we think about Hercules um, being born from a, a uh, a human mother and Zeus, right? Um, that was something that was so apparent in in Greek mythology that sort of made its way um, into Christianity, um, and in terms of that syncretism that happens uh, between cultures. Well, while Judaism sort of has always rejected, you know, a religion that's completely around a single identity or a single person, right? Probably, if there's one person that our religion would be around, it would be Moses, right? But famously enough, the Torah never communicates where Moses passed away. Where's Moses' grave, right? We know that it's on some mountain called Mount Nebo somewhere, which we don't know where that is. Uh, and there's no historical record of it. And and uh, that's just – it's just not – and then the reason specifically was that that was for is that no one would worship that grave, that no one would worship the person of, of Moses. Rather, um, what they realized we call Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moses is our teacher, Right. The Torah, because Moses helped give us the Torah and taught us the Torah. And so Moses, we really see as a teacher, right? Not as somebody who we are to worship. And same too with every other biblical character. Every mm-hmm. other- And our rabbis really held on to that too. I mean, famously, Moses is not mentioned uh, during the Passover Seder, right? We're, we're talking about being redeemed from Egypt. And Moses was certainly a powerful figure in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but our rabbis specifically chose not to mention Moses and focus it entirely on God because they didn't want any sort of uh, slipping into worshiping Moses as the, as the figure through which God was working. Right. And, and uh, I think the number one reason is because once you say that a person can be divine, one, you take away the uniqueness of God, right? And, and that takes away from the unity of God, which is obviously very important in Judaism. Um, but also it just leads, it can lead to corruption. Like once you ascribe godliness or, or God's presence in a person, right? All of a sudden, uh, that person has an extreme amount of power, um, that obviously can lead to corruption, um, and persecution of, of, of people and the impression of people under their hand. Um, lastly, I would say also as well, like, let's talk about like one thing we talk about often. And we're going to say, we're also going to talk about, by the way, the positives of, of Christmas next, but like, we talk about the joy like, of, of this radiant joy of Christmas. Where does that joy sort of come from? Where is the source of that joy, at least historically, is in the joy of the announcement of Jesus's birth, right? The announcement that the Messiah has come, right? The joy that the Messiah has come. And, and, and again, we don't share in that joy because the Messiah hasn't come. So, yes, like what does it mean that on one hand, yes, we can be very into joy and expressing joy together and, and the value of simcha and joy in Judaism is so important. Yet, what happens if we disagree with the source of the joy itself, which is important, right? That's the meaning of of the gospel, right? The good news that happened, and that's where the joy is supposed to come from. So with all of that being said, there certainly are um, potential issues with with us celebrating aspects of Christmas. Um, But there's also a lot of really beautiful parts about the Christmas season and the Christmas celebrations uh, that are important to acknowledge too. Um, and I mean, I think first and foremost is the fact that for a lot of this country, Christmas has been um, in some ways bifurcated from its religious roots. So while it certainly is a religious holiday, and if you look at it in any perspective, it, it's hard to separate it from its religiosity, um, but somehow it has been right. There's, 
Like what is inherently religious about colored lights on trees? You know, like what these these symbols for a lot of people have been separated from the religious uh, origins of of the traditions. Um, And so if we separate some of the ideas about the birth of Jesus, then some of the other themes of the holiday, right? seeing light in the darkness, bringing in this tree into your house so that you have a little bit of life in this time where everything around you has died uh, in the winter, the values of love and and community and generosity and gratitude and family and um, coming together and, and being neighborly and, and being uh, joyful in this, in this dark time, bringing light into the darkness. Those are all really positive. Those are all certainly Jewish values. Those are things that we hold to be true. Um, and uh, I think just the experience of having fun and light and community in a really dark, cold time, there's something powerful there. There's something really powerful there. It's it's not hard to see what the draw is to participate in in some of these communal celebrations. Um, I mean, I think... The other side of it, of of why potentially we might be inclined to participate in, in some of the, the Christmas around us is because, frankly, like we don't want to be the Grinch. We don't want to be the, you know, the minority religion that's putting a wrench in all of the fun and love and joy of this time. Right? Like we don't want to be the uh, the the people who are raiding on on someone else's parade we want to be part of all of the good lovely beautiful parts about the season yeah and i also think it's it's dangerous right it's dangerous to be a jew and and to con again and dangerous to be any any tiny little minority and come out against a massive majority and say you know and try to stop those festivities and th- things from happening that's going to create anger that's going to create frustration from the majority and, and honestly create a dangerous place for for us to be jews right it, it's 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 just pragmatic, right? We're, we are the minority. Those dynamics are going to be at play. No matter you know what we do, it's going to happen. It's human nature. I mean, we had this in a very real way in our oh in our house. We have uh, uh, we have a neighbor who, if you're somehow listening to this, I apologize, but you should know that while your Christmas lights are beautiful, there is one Christmas display that has these flashing lights, and they go through this. Um, they're set on some sort of schedule. So they'll flash really quickly and then they'll flash slowly and then they'll be solid for a little. And, and it goes right into our kitchen window. So when you look out our kitchen window, you just see these bright flashing lights right from our next door neighbor. Uh, and Rabbi Marcus was bothered by them. And he said, like, would it be okay if I said something to them? Like, not, you know, just. This, this one particular light display is is bothering me in my own home. Um, and we kind of talked about, first of all, I said, no, that wouldn't be very neighborly. And we just kind of have to close our blinds. We also live in Minnesota <laughs> where we don't do things like we that. We don't do that. But um, on a bigger level, we had the discussion of like our neighbors know that we are the rabbis of the synagogue. And, and what would it look like for the rabbis to say take down your Christmas lights. Like is that would that lead to anti Not all your Christmas lights, that one Christmas light. But what is the perception? Like would that lead to some anti-Semitic feelings? And like what is our responsibility as representatives of the Jews in our neighborhood to to not cause those kinds of trouble? Right, right. Uh, obviously we we can't be people who are constantly um afraid to be proud of our Jewishness and speak up for ourselves. But that that should be t- in times that are essential, right? Um, 
and, and, and not all the time, not for small capricious things that are bothersome like this. Um, anyway, so yes. And I would also add a good part of Christmas for me um, is, and maybe this is where we, we where difference is, is I really want people to have faith, right? I, whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, I think there is such value to having faith in something greater than ourselves, something that's transcendent, something to feel divinity um, throughout the world. I, I think that's good whether you're Jewish or not Jewish. And, and I appreciate the fact of non-Jews ha- having faith, right, and expressing their faith. I want them to be able to do that. And, you know, look, it, it's one of the few things in the world right now is Christmas that 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 kind of orients our world around faith, around something bigger than ourselves, uh, than our individual identities. So I, I think that's important as well. I mean, you might be listening to this and saying, didn't we just have this conversation? I mean, we just released an episode a few weeks ago about our views on Jews celebrating Halloween, uh, which is another non-Jewish holiday. Um, And we had some pretty strong opinions that we didn't feel like Halloween was in line with our Jewish values and not something we wanted to participate in. Um, So you might say, well, why are we even having this conversation? We know where you stand. You must feel the exact same way about Christmas. Um, and I think in some ways we feel similarly and in some ways we actually feel quite differently. Right. I, I think there are parts of Halloween that we find to be you know, the values to be unethical um, and, and to be something that, uh, you know, sort of a celebration of death and a, a celebration of the darkness. Um, while with Christmas, uh, a lot of times we we agree with the the general themes as they're expressed, right? Um, you know, nothing is insulting to us when we see a Christmas decoration. There's nothing about it that is uh, insulting uh, to us. Um, Unless the lights are flashing in our kitchen window. Bothersome is different than insulting, uh, right? And 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 something that is that I that I find to be uh, a little bit more dangerous, right? While uh, putting up skeletons and dead body, fake dead bodies, like hanging from a tree, that's like there's something very different about that for us, right? Uh, which is really really important. So, um, let's get into our own personal experience here, because I think our personal experiences with Christmas here are very very important. Uh, Rabbi Rachel, let's let's start with you. What are your experiences of Christmas? I called this part. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll let you take it. <laughs> Rabbi Marcus is laughing because he titled this section "Rachel's Love of Christmas," <laughs> which uh, is uh, an interesting statement to say on a rabbi. But I mean, I'll say that in some ways, I was shielded a lot from Christmas as much as you can be in America. I went to Jewish day school, so we didn't have any Christmas celebrated at school. All my friends were Jewish. I didn't have really any interaction with um, being coerced into Christmas experiences. So my mom, who you may know from the top of this episode, loves Christmas music. So I grew up in my house hearing a lot of Christmas music. We would listen to it on the radio. My mom would uh, cook for Thanksgiving by putting Christmas music on. Um, and so I I grew up with some Christmas music that I enjoyed. And I enjoy the lights. I enjoy the um, some of those experiences, but it wasn't something that played a big role in my childhood. I never had to figure out if I was going to sing Christmas songs in the holiday concert or anything like that. Um, but as I've grown older, I've, I've started to enjoy it more and more. I, you know, I think this time of year can be really dark. It can be really cold and lonely and hard. Um, and there's something really beautiful about this, these few weeks in our society where people, seem to be a little bit more joyful where there seems, you know, I like that people at the store will 
wish you a happy holidays or a Merry Christmas. I think there's something really nice about that slight uplift in, in communal feeling. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, uh, an important experience I had was when I was working as a barista in college. Um, I was working on Christmas morning. Um, well, I guess it must have been Christmas Eve. I'm sure we weren't open on Christmas morning. So I was working on the the morning of Christmas Eve. And uh, um, uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers who was saying she was so upset because she was scheduled to work that afternoon. Um, but she wanted her mom was in town and they wanted to get ready for Christmas together. And so without really thinking, I said, well, I have nothing to do tonight. I'm not getting ready for any holiday. So I'll just work a double shift. Why don't you go home, go be with your mom and, and I'll keep working. And she was so grateful. And um, it really it really meant a lot to her. And I had a great day kind of serving our, our customers. People were in good moods. They were excited about the upcoming holiday. They were grateful that we were working. Um, and, and I kind of had that moment of, okay, maybe I have a, a role to play as a, as a Jew uh, in, in helping to facilitate other people's joy and other people's holiday experience. Right. And I just, I, I know these are your personal experiences, but I want to go back to Halloween just for one second, because you felt similarly with Halloween, if I remember correctly, right? Like it, it might not be that you're going to go out and trick or treat, right? And you're going to go actually partake in a Halloween ritual, right? Yourself. But if someone comes to your door, right? And wants to, uh, wants to, uh, you know, is, is, is partaking in the Christmas ritual and needs you to be a part of it in that moment to support it, right? That might be a different story. Just as in, in Halloween, you know, we would have candy at the door uh, waiting for someone, right? I'm not going to kind of uh, yuck their yum at that moment. Exactly. And I mean, I'll just say on, because our, our episode is titled about Christmas music specifically, uh, that I think there's, there's, two different kinds of Christmas music, right? There's the very religious Christmas music that is about the birth of the Messiah, Jesus. Um, and, and I never was, that was not what was on in my home, right? And I, that's, that's music that frankly would probably make me uncomfortable and I'd probably change the radio station, right? It's, it's religious music. I, I so think it's no silent night, right? Exactly. And it's like beautiful for, for Christians to have their religious music, but I, I feel no need to, to listen to it and to partake in it. Um, but then there's, you know, I don't know the, white Christmas. exactly. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and jingle bells, jingle bells. Exactly. There's some kind of cultural Christmas music. You know, Santa baby should never be listened to for uh, a lot of reasons. So we'll reasons. put that one as I do. <laughs> um, but right. There's a lot of Christmas music that's kind of cultural and it's about, like, you know, chestnuts roasting by an open fire, right? There, I, that's, that's, that's the kind of Christmas music we would listen to. And that's the kind of Christmas music that feels okay to me. She's into the chestnuts. So are we having chestnuts roasting at an open fire? I don't exactly know what a chestnut is. I'm not, I, I feel like I'm, I wouldn't be into it. I feel like I wouldn't be into it. Yeah. It's like a hazelnut or is it like a cashew? I've never actually had a real chestnut. Yeah, I'm not sure what a chestnut is. So I can't say I don't like it. That's, that'd be too much like a But chestnut. I like open fires, right? Like we like Yule logs. We would put the Yule log on, you know, we like. Right, right, exactly. But this is this is about, of course, about our experiences, right? It's not. This is not just about our predilections here, but but yes, our our experiences is we enjoy those parts. So, what about my experiences? I'll ask myself the question, right? What about you know how did I grow up with Christmas? I would say I did not go to Jewish day school. I grew up around Christmas. I'm pretty sure I sang Jingle Bells many times at many middle school choir concerts, which I hated anyway because so stuck in together with the choir and everything like that. I didn't like that. Um, certainly played much Christmas music on my trumpet as a jazz musician many times. Um, 
I, I have very distinct memories of my father getting really angry at Christmas music in a restaurant we used to go to um, and, and, and just being very frustrated by it. And sort of, I had a period where I joined in with him being like, why are they making us listen to Christmas music? Don't they know we're Jewish? Like, but then I don't, I guess I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but I, I had a period, I had a period. We used to go, we used to grow up going to the holiday lights at the Bronx zoo growing up in New York, which is beautiful. We have something similar here. Um, and, and I know many places do, um, where they kind of decorate the zoo, uh, with lights and it, and it was a kind of a, an amazing thing we would go to every year that we really enjoy. Uh, we'd always look forward to it. Cause again, my family loved the lights. Like we loved going out together and seeing the beauty in the darkness of the winter, which was, uh, something very important to us. Um, I, I distinctly remember, um, being on a vacation in Boston. Like we went on a, a family vacation over winter break, which of course is Christmas break as we used to call it back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, on the day of Christmas, actually, you know, every store was closed in Boston. I remember actually like, being hungry. Like I was hungry for like a long time because we just didn't have any food. Like, cause everything was closed in a major metropolitan area, which, which, which I found to be, which at the time when I, cause I was a kid, I was very frustrated about, um, but it's hard. It's definitely, definitely hard, hard being a Jew in the day. We would go skiing a lot on Christmas. That was fun. So we'd always go, that would, cause always the, the mountains would be pretty empty on Christmas. So we would go then. Um, a really interesting, uh, also when I was living in Israel, I lived in Israel for two years and, um, it's amazing how sort of Christmas comes when you're Israel and you're, and you don't even realize, like it's amazing how fast you forget about Christmas as an American. Um, when you're abroad living in Israel, when in a place where the majority religion isn't Christianity, right? You really don't see very many lights and you don't see Santa Claus, obviously, because there's not many that the majority is in Christianity and that changes everything. Um, and, and just really interesting experience going through winter without any Christmas whatsoever. Unless of course you go to Nazareth or Bethlehem and right. there would be a very different experience of, of Christmas, right. which is pretty powerful. If you've, yes. ever, if you've ever been to Israel and been to, to one of those holy Christian cities during Christmas, then uh, your view of Christmas being not a religious holiday changes quite a bit. Right. My, my, my biggest connection to Christmas actually, um, growing up is, is I was always a very good trumpet player and, uh, I'm slightly embarrassed about this now and, and we could debate this, but, um, I would, um, the best gigs of the year, especially for a kid growing up who didn't have many opportunities was to play in a brass quartet every Christmas. So it seems that the churches have a tradition to hire many churches have a tradition to hire a brass quintet or quartet or something like that on Christmas to play the mass um, and to play the, the religious service. And they would pay really well, like really well. Like I would be paid maybe a hundred dollars, $75 to do an hour gig or something like this. I remember getting paid $500 to do two masses on Christmas at some, at a, at a, a Presbyterian church. It was, it was like, it was, that was a lot of money for, for being a kid at the time I was uh, in high school. And then in college, I did it. Now, I don't know if this was a good thing for me to be doing as Jew. Were you the trumpet, like heralding the good news? I think I was, I think I was, I, I, I think I was, I, but I, you know, I was paid to play a role and then I did it. And you know, it was, it was what it was. It's part of my history, you know? Um, don't know if I would do it now. Um, but regardless, it was fun back then. And that was sort of my memories of Christmas. Um, so, okay. So I, I figured so that those are my memories. I, I think, uh, Rabbi Rachel has more fond memories. We used to joke that, um, you know, uh, 
we're going to be the first rabbis to have a, a Christmas uh, rabbinic students have a Christmas party at our house because uh, we, Rachel enjoyed the feeling of Christmas so much. Yeah, I mean, even your story about everything being closed, sure, that would be frustrating on vacation, although you could have planned a little bit better than that. But I mean, I actually feel quite the opposite. Like, oh my gosh, there's one day where our highly capitalist society closes commerce and we actually just be home and we're home and we're not spending money and we're not All I engaging wanted was in capitalism. One bagel from Dunkin' Donuts, okay? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, anyway, so, okay. So, the, what about the practical questions? We're, we're like basically a half hour into this episode and we haven't even talked about, like, okay, so, like, practically, what do we do? So, we're going to do this as sort of a spitfire um, uh, asking. I'm going to be interviewing Rabbi Rachel and what she thinks of this based on our discussion so far. Okay, here we go. These are the situations. Here we go. A Christmas episode is coming up in uh, Hadassah's favorite show, Peppa Pig. Um, and is she going to watch? Do you skip it over? What do you do? I try to skip it, to be perfectly honest. I try, you know, if it, if she, you know, if the Netflix is playing and it happens to come on and I wasn't paying attention, I'm not going to, you know, freak out. But if I have a choice, I would skip it and go on to the next episode. Um, and I mean, I think that's a, a part of just trying to um, shield her a little bit from what it feels like to be a minority, right? Like she's three. She has no idea that she is a minority. Um, and so to be able to protect her just a little bit from having to feel like it's having to answer questions about belief and practice and, and not following the majority um, for a little bit. I mean, it's a big reason why we sent her to a Jewish preschool and why we we think we'll send her to a Jewish day school. Um, you know, it's part of it is the educational value, but part of it is just a little bit of protection against feeling like you are such a, such a minority for a little bit. Yeah. Really important. And I, for me, I, I think also it's the, the forcing her, like she, she doesn't have a choice at that point. The episode comes on, she's not choosing the episode. It's uh, it, it's being sort of at that point forced upon her. Um, and it, 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 it might not be teaching Christian Chris, what, what we believe about Christmas appropriately. I actually know it's not teaching what we believe in about Christianity appropriately. So I feel like when that comes up, I want to be able to craft that experience for her and teach her what our family believes and what our values are, which are really important. And again, we don't, we don't go to extremes. You know, we were, I was at the mall with her. Uh, the other day and there was a big Christmas tree and she asked what it was. And I said, yeah, it's called a Christmas tree and it's not part of our tradition, but other people, you know, it's part of someone else's religion. And like, you know, I'm sure eventually she'll see Santa Claus and she'll ask what all those kids are in line for. And, you know, we'll say that's something that they do. It's not something we do. So and you didn't tell her that your biggest dream ever is to decorate a Christmas tree. I did not. You, you just left that out. There. I just left that part out. <laughs> Rachel aesthetically loves Christmas trees. So. I use my sukkah as my Christmas tree. I go all out decorating my sukkah. I'm just telling you, if Rachel did do a Christmas tree one year, it would be like the best Christmas. It would be so good. She'd I feel very so strongly good. about white lights. So if you're a colored lights person, we'll have to have some words. Yeah, only white lights. Soft white lights. We actually, we actually regularly, when we used to, we used to walk the dog together each night uh, and we would go and rate all the Christmas lights around our neighborhood. As And Rachel has a very a particular uh, aesthetic. rubric aesthetic for her Christmas lights. Okay. Regardless. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, radio comes on with jingle bells. You turn off the radio. You switch channel. 
Um, I would say I don't. I, I'm fine listening to Christmas music. Again, as I said, if it was a if a religious Christian song came on, I probably would turn off the radio. So, so there was a difference for you between a kind of more secular style Christmas music and the religious style. That's right. Um, let's see. What's your favorite artist? I'm going to try to think of what's your favorite artist. Let's see. Um, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift comes out with a Christmas album. Do you put it on? Um, I probably wouldn't actively, you know, buy that or choose to put it on. But if that song came onto the radio, I probably also wouldn't actively turn it off. Fun fact, Taylor Swift grew up on a Christmas tree farm. Did she really? She did. Doesn't that fit perfectly? It fits perfectly. <laughs> fits perfectly. Did she make that up? I mean, is that real? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> All right. Fine. All right. Um, when you see lights outside, do you have to shield your eyes? Turn us under. <laughs> I do not believe so. In fact, we happen to love the, we live right near uh, St. Kate's University and we love their Christmas lights. They have purple and white lights that line their, uh, that line their boulevard. Uh, and we, we really enjoy that they come on. We were upset when the day after Thanksgiving, we came home and they were not yet on, but I think, was, they, I think they came on the very next now day. Now that would be something if we as rabbis were an email. Please, Saint Kate, of the rabbis of Temple of Aaron would really like you to put up your Christmas lights. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, so all right, here let's get a little bit more uh, difficult. Um, let's say there is a, uh, a Christmas lights um, event. We love and we really enjoy the Christmas lights. They're beautiful, and Hadassah loves Christmas lights. Can we pay? A ticket price. Can we pay five, ten dollars per person to go to a Christmas light? Uh, Christmas something. I think for me, this depends on where the money is going. Uh, so if it was something that was being held, um, uh, you know, by a religious organization whose mission I didn't necessarily support, then I probably wouldn't want to spend my money there. Um, if it's, you know, the Minnesota Zoo, whose mission I support, I'm happy to to go and enjoy some some zoo lights there. Right, 100. percent Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think I, I think I agree with you there. I think I agree with you there. I, I mean, yeah. I don't think I would pay to go to something that is expressly said Christmas. Now, if they just said holidays instead, <laughs> brings us to our next question. Right, which, which does bring us to our next question. Um, then then it would be when it then it would be different for me. Um, I, I don't think I could pay to go to something Christmas in name. Um, but that maybe we're different there. Um, okay, but getting into the holidays, the the transformation of Christmas to holiday celebration. Um, are holiday lights okay? I.e., does does transforming Christmas into holidays sort of like fix everything? Is it a is it a bomb for everything? And secondly, like like do we feel bad for the, the 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 Christians at all? Like for their holiday to be turned into holidays in general versus like we we don't feel good when Judaism is watered down. Like is there do we sort of feel bad for Christians about that? Go right. I frankly don't really understand the impulse to to switch the word Christmas to holidays. Like I don't really know what holiday lights are. Our holiday lights are uh, Hanukkah, so those are our holiday lights. So I don't really understand the impulse of transforming like. It might make more sense to call them like winter lights or something, but like they're they're one specific holidays lights. Like they're that they're they're Christmas lights. They're 
I mean, I guess when they're hugging my sukkah, they're sukkah lights. But they're certainly when they say holiday lights, they're not thinking sukkah and uh, and Christmas lights. They're thinking Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Christmas lights. But those aren't the lights of Kwanzaa and Hanukkah. I feel like that's what you get to do when you're the majority too. Like you are it, like no none of these stores would would have any lights if there was no Christmas. Like it wouldn't be oh like it's really everything. If there was no Christmas, there would be no holiday celebrations whatsoever. And like it, it, you know, but because it's Christmas, they have these lights, and they were all originally Christmas celebrations. So like. Can we just be like, okay, it's they're Christmas lights. It's fine. It's whatever, you know. Right, like, which and I have a kind of a controversial take, and I'm I'm, st- I'm sorry if you're listening to this and this applies to you. I'm certainly not calling you out individually. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. Um, but I don't quite understand when Jews put like blue and white lights on their house and call them like holiday lights, and they because they're, you know now Jewish themed because they're blue like that. I don't, I don't quite get it. Like that's not for me. They are Christmas lights and I can see them and they think they're pretty and I, you know, I'm fine with the zoo putting them on and I, you know, I think it's, it's nice and it adds a lot of light and I'm happy to be part of this kind of majority culture that, uh, that experiences winter in this way. Um, but I feel no need to kind of appropriate them to my religion and to my religious context. It's mostly because she thinks blue lights are ugly, but, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah and I, I think i think there's no reason to appropriate christian traditions and like transform them into a jewish like like the hanukkah bush like that seems very silly right i think part of that is a, like a lack of confidence and understanding in our own traditions like as i said we have we have sukkot like we have this right. opportunity to do these really beautiful decorations and and really embrace our holiday um i feel no need to do it during their holiday exactly exactly okay i think we we got this one um, so what about, um, if a Christmas tree is put up in, at the corner of Randolph and, uh, is that Ford Parkway down there? No, I'm just using it as an example, right? If, if, if a Christmas tree is put up somewhere, does that mean, and, and it's on government property or it's, well, that kind of complements it. If it's on some public space, right? Does that mean that we need to also put up a menorah next to it? Um, uh, no, I mean, I, I think again, the public space for first, the government spaces government is complicated. I don't complicated think there should question. be a menorah on government space or a Christmas tree. But that's not about Jews and that's about government. That's, right. We we're not experts. I just found that. out that, um, my, in my town growing up, there was a nativity scene at the town hall. My mom, my mom just told me, so that's a whole other issue. Like that's especially cause that really does. Feel right. I mean, that's the religious aspect. Yeah, the religious aspect. Um, but no, I don't look, I think that, um, the, kind of a Chabad way of, of publicize of putting like menorahs in public spaces is fine. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's nice for our kids to see their religion on display, but I don't think it needs to be a competition and a one for one. And every time that uh, people put up a Christmas tree, they have to put a tiny little like menorah up next to it. Um, I think it's, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see kind of acknowledgement, but it's not something I need. Second question. Um, do you like menorah ornaments? Um, uh, I, Do you know what I, I should probably explain this to our listeners. Right. So like Christmas tree ornaments that have Jewish symbols on them. Very popular these days. Yeah. People want to give them to us, which is really funny. Yeah. Right. Um, look, I think that for people who are in interfaith households, they navigate, uh, you know, how they navigate the, their holidays is, you know, unique to them. I would say, again, similarly to the blue and white lights, like I feel no need to conflate the two 
uh, experiences. It's the same way I wouldn't want like a cross on a mezuzah, right? Like I have my religious symbols, you have your religious symbols. And if you're in a house that's trying to engage with both, like that's something for you to navigate. And maybe you have a mezuzah up that's your Jewish symbol. And then you have a cross somewhere else that's your Christian symbol. You could navigate those two competing theologies in your own home. Um, but I feel no need to like conflate the two and to put Jewish symbols onto Christian ritual items or Christian symbols on Jewish ritual items. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, what about, um, what about I, somebody wishes you a Merry Christmas. I think that is lovely. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I do. I mean, I know, th- I know that again, this is kind of controversial and people feel very strongly about this issue. I think it's lovely if people wish me a Merry Christmas. I feel no need for like to, it's, if they wish me a happy holidays, that's also fine. Um, I wouldn't probably say Merry Christmas back to them. I'd probably say thank you. Happy holidays. But you don't I- say happy Hanukkah back to them. I don't say happy Hanukkah back to them. Happy Hanukkah. I think that if someone wants to wish me any sort of happiness and joy, I'll take it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would. I think I would agree with you. Like, okay, that their experience is their their what they're merry about is Christmas. Like, I also really laugh. Like this year, Hanukkah and Christmas overlap, so it's one thing. But sometimes Hanukkah is in like. November or like very early December and people are still wishing you happy holidays at Christmas time. And you're like, um, my holiday was like three weeks ago. So you can just like say Merry Christmas, which is what you mean. <laughs> right. Like that's what you mean. You mean Christmas. Like, so just like, let's, let's just be honest about what it is. And I, I look, I think it goes back again to being, we are the minority. We are the, we, we are the minority in this country to expect the great majority to constantly keep you in awareness at all times, even though you're the, the gross minority is, is, uh, I, I think against human nature. It's just, it's just an unwinnable battle at that point. Um, and an unfair expectation. Uh, last question. We skipped a question. We skipped a question. Should Hanukkah have to compete with Christmas? Right. Should Hanukkah, I thought that was like a similar question. Should Hanukkah have to, should Hanukkah have to come? Rabbi Rachel, should Hanukkah have to compete with Christmas? Like, I look, I think that um, there's also a question of like, do we want equal commercialization of our holiday <laughs> to the commercialization of their holiday? Yeah. So like, look, I am the first to to buy out Target when they come out with all of their Hanukkah stuff. But like, do I need a dish towel that says happy Hanukkah or love and light on it? Um, no. And like, do you know if I, 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 I'm not sure we want to embrace the further commercialization of our holidays to compete with the commercialization of their holidays. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Um, Last question, I think now. Um, There is a tradition um, called Nittelnacht, um, which is, I believe, what is it? Night of the Night of Needles, I think in Yiddish it's called, right? Nittelnacht, someone, there's, there's, regardless. It is a holiday uh, that's really uh, mostly uh, celebrated in the ultra-Orthodox world now, um, it's been for a long time to specifically like not learn Torah or do anything Jewish on Christmas um, because it's considered in an accursed day, a day that's a, a really negative day. Um, and, and specifically, you know, in, in the ultra Orthodox world, they don't study Torah on that day because, uh, you know, it's the day Jesus was born and everything like that. Um, what do you think about that? 
I know there's, and I, I will say there are some people in the more liberal world who are sort of embracing it and sort of like joking about it and, and like sort of like the idea of Mittelnacht in that regard, it seems. I did have to laugh because I read the memoir of uh, someone who grew up in the ultra-Orthodox world, Abby Stein, uh, and she speaks about Mittelnacht that, you know, they were trying to make it a... Um, like a not happy day because they couldn't study Torah. Um, but it actually turned out to be like a break for her because they were playing like secular board games because they, that was all they had to do. So she actually looked forward to Christmas. So it was kind of, it worked uh, against them. No, look, I think long story short, I, I don't think that we should embrace the idea of Nidlnacht. I think that um, there's a lot of really problematic aspects to the idea that we need to um, specifically not feel joy because it is someone else's holiday um, and we want to separate ourselves from it um, is not is not part of my religiosity. Right. And I think, again, just getting some concluding thoughts here. Um, we don't want to do Christmas. Like we, we don't want to practice Christmas. Um, we don't want to practice the rituals of Christmas. But we also want to support our Christian neighbors in, in, in you know, what's their yum, right? And what they what they believe and want to make it this country a place where they should feel um, happy and free to do whatever they want to do, um, and and to not um, to not yuck somebody else's yum that's different than our beliefs, um, just because it's just because it's different than our beliefs. We do not believe that anything about Christmas is, for example, unethical, right? If, if it's unethical, there would be a different part. Um, but there's nothing unethical about Christmas. It's just against our beliefs. And so how do we be good neighbors in supporting um, our fellow Christian neighbors um, um, while, while not partaking in it in ourselves specifically? Right? And I think that is the, the key balancing line we're trying to walk down here. Concluding thoughts, Rabbi Rachel? Yeah, I mean, and I think that Beyond that, like we are American and like this is the society we live in and there's a lot to uh, to fight against, a lot of injustice to fight against in our society. A few weeks where people are a little bit nicer to one another and a little bit happier and are enjoying some nice music and some pretty lights and some peppermint mochas. I, 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 I don't, unless this is not, this is not the thing I think we need to be fighting. Uphill, huh? Yeah. Not the thing we need to be fighting against. Right. It does. It does like really make people passionate about it, though. People really get fired up about it. Like as, as in the Jewish world of like, Oh, I'm getting Christmas, Christmas pushed on me all the time. So it's, yeah, it's something it's, it's sometimes somewhat of an, uh, of a unpopular opinion right, that we, we should just take it a little easy, you know? Yeah. And look, I mean, I think that the um, experience some Jews have had about being proselytized to, I mean, I've heard horrible stories about elementary school teachers trying to proselytize to their Jewish students. And, you know, that that's certainly real. And I think if you've experienced that, um, then to feel like, you know, now this Christian holiday is being forced upon you as well could certainly trigger some really unpleasant um, experiences. And so, I mean, I don't want to downplay uh, how people, you know, how people feel about it. Um, but just from our particular perspective and experiences, um, it feels like uh, a lot of the time it's, it's somewhat harmless. So happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Hanukkah Sameach. Hanukkah exactly. You say completely correctly. And speaking of Hanukkah Sameach, our next episode of Living Jewishly with the rabbis we've seen is our discussion of Hanukkah. And the question we'll be looking at this year 
um, is 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 exactly how should we be celebrating Hanukkah? Is is is, is Hanukkah itself also um, somewhat problematic for? Uh, progressive Jews. There's been a lot of articles I know in the New York Times lately that we shouldn't be celebrating the New York Times because, of course, where do Jews have their arguments about Judaism? You got it. The opinion page of the New York Times. Um, so I, I, there was recently an opinion that we shouldn't be celebrating Hanukkah. It's about extremism, extremism and zealotry. Um, how do we sort of um, truthfully and authentically celebrate Hanukkah and, and really imbibe the message of it um, and yet um, maintain our pluralism in our society. And, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry. Take a listen to the next episode. Um, once it comes out in about two weeks, we'll have it come out right before Hanukkah. Hopefully it'll be really good. And thank you as always to Colleen Deeker and Jeffrey Baldinger for our incredible theme song and please thank you so much to everyone who uh, has left us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and your favorite podcast platforms. It really does help us to uh, get the word out. It helps the algorithms to get people to to see our podcast. So we're so appreciative. Plus, uh, we do a little happy dance every time we get a new review or rating. It really, it really brings us a lot of joy. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, and if you have any feedback, questions, comments, you want to be part of the conversation, please, you can always email us at livingjewishlypodcast at gmail.com. Colleen Deeker and Jeffrey Baldinger, take it away. Oh, oh, oh. come celebrate the words of Torah with Marcus and Ray.